All right, good evening, Grace Point, Thursday night. I think it comes out at 6 on Thursday nights. Uh, welcome. We're teaching through Matthew. At this rate, we'll be done with Matthew in 2024. Um, so, and I think about then we'll have to go back and start it all over again. There is so much in this book. It's just amazing. I mean, you, you could just teach on this stuff forever. Now, you know, I want to say too, there is, there is going to be a lot of repetition because these themes are repetitive. That's how the Lord teaches. He doesn't teach you something once. He teaches it. And then he, he, he'll tell you what he's going to say. Then he says it. Then he goes back and tells you what he said. And he does it over and over again. It's layered. It's very layered. So you, some of these themes are going to be repetitive, but it's good because as we're going through it, you'll see these repetitive themes. One of them is the authority of Jesus. And then the fact that Jesus is teaching his disciples to walk in that authority, isn't he? He said, go into all the world and make disciples and teach them what I taught you. Doesn't he say that in Matthew 28? Does he mean it? Teach them what I taught you. I'm asking you, ask yourself this. Because I don't know, those of you that don't go to Grace Point, I don't know what your pastor teaches you. I know there's some theologians, they never teach their people to do the things that Jesus did. They don't even understand it. It doesn't even register. And yet, doesn't the Bible say that Jesus said, teach them to do what I taught you? It does say that, doesn't it? It does. And so we are disciples of Jesus. What does that mean? We talked about being followers of Jesus. So, Father, tonight I pray that the spirit of revelation and wisdom will come to us and we will learn what it means to follow Jesus. Enlighten us, Lord. Amen. So, we've been taught what the disciples were taught, the apostles were taught, we're learning from Jesus. And in this text where we've been teaching on where Jesus calmed the storm, he was teaching his disciples, number one, not to worry. Number two, that they had authority. And then number three, we see that they were just amazed. And they asked this question. This is where I'll probably move on out of this portion of Scripture after I go through this. But they said they were amazed and they said, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? So I want to ask you, what kind of man is it? Well, he's the God-man, isn't he? He's Jesus Christ, the Lord. He's unique in history. There's no one ever born that'll be like Jesus. He was completely sinless. No other person was. He operated in the Spirit without measure, and we operate in a measure, so there's no one that ever was like Jesus or ever will be like Jesus. He's the sinless Son of God. He's the King. He's the Messiah. But when we ask, what kind of man is this? What Jesus wanted to ask his disciples, and get this thing, I want you to think about this. I'm going to go through some scriptures. I really believe Jesus would turn and say, what kind of man are you? What kind of woman are you? What limits are on the believer? Are you a creature of flesh only? Or are you a new creation? I want to ask you, do you really believe, you, 
out there, do you really believe that Jesus lives in you? Do you believe that? Do you believe that Christ in you is your hope of glory? Do you believe that you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power? Do you believe that all things are possible to the new creation believer? Do you believe that? I'm asking, do you? If you flip over to Ephesians chapter 4, they ask, what kind of man is this? I'm going to ask, what kind of man are you? What kind of woman are you? Let's start with verse 17 in chapter 4 of Ephesians. Let's read through this. Got a couple scriptures here I'm going to read. We're going to bite off a little bit. And we're going to move on because I'm going to go through this again, just like I'll go through authority again. But he says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. You must no longer live as the Gentiles do. That's the non-new creations. In the futility of their thinking. Why? Because they're darkened in their understanding. They're separated from the life of God. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them, because their hearts are hard. I taught about the hardness of heart already. They have lost, they have lost all sensitivity. They've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Boy, that describes the world, doesn't it? You, however, did not come to know Christ this way. Surely you heard him and were taught in him according with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old person, your old man, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to put on the new man who is created to be like God. Uh, you can put a period there for one minute. Created to be like who? God, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood, speak the truth to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Be angry and don't sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give the devil a foothold. And he, and he tells you, talk with, a, uh, talk with a wholesome tongue. Now flip back. I want to read that. Now let's flip back a little bit. I'm going to start with verse number Oh boy, this, this is tough. Wow, Lord. Well, let's just start with verse eight, uh, 7 here. But to each of us was given grace in Christ, a portion, that is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean? that he also descended into the lower earthly regions. Why well, I just taught on Romans 10, this very topic Sunday. He who descended is the very one who also ascended higher than the heavens in order that he might fill up the whole universe. It was he who gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until all of us reach unity of the faith. Here we go. And in the knowledge of the Son of God, becoming mature, get this, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, 
Then we will all no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the winds and the waves. Isn't that funny? We're talking about winds and waves anyway. Blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in some things grow up into him. It's not what it says, is it? We will in all things grow up into him who is the head. There's only one Jesus, the Christ, who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Then he talks about the vanity of your mind. So he says that we, our goal is to become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, that we will grow up into him in all things. Folks, that's the goal. We don't diminish God by living and being like him. We're not him. There's only one Jesus. I said that. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus didn't. But our goal, he came to save us, and he is actually living his life through us. His spirit is in us. And we're to grow up into him in all things. Now, love is the most important thing. We're talking about miracles because Jesus is walking in the supernatural. We're talking about authority. We want to grow up into him in love, speaking the truth. That's our, that's our foundation, that new creation the one commandment of the new creation is to walk in love. But when we walk in the Spirit, when we walk in love, when we walk in faith, we're going to walk in the supernatural. We're going to grow up into Him in all things. I really believe that miracles are easy when we're walking in the Spirit. Miracles are natural when we're walking in love. It's just walk, love people, and you're going to walk when you truly love people. God's kind of love, agape love. You're going to do the supernatural. 1 John chapter 3 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the sons of God. Or NIV says the children of God, male and female. We are the sons of God through what Jesus did. Um, Flip over to Luke um, chapter 4. And I, I wasn't planning on doing this, but this comes to me. We are the sons of God. Okay. Uh, in Luke chapter 3, right before chapter 4 starts, right at the end, they're going through the gene genealogies. It says, this, uh, he was the son of Methuselah, who was the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalai, the son of uh, Kenan, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth. The son of Adam, the son of God. Who was Adam? Adam was the son of God. Doesn't it say that? It says that. Adam was the son of God. Are, are we sons of Adam? Adam was created in the image and likeness of God. He was his son. And God breathed his spirit, not a, not a secondary spirit, his spirit into Adam. And Adam sinned, 
and fell. And the spirit within him died. He still was alive physically. He still had a spirit. When I talk about spiritual death, it's that we disconnected from God. The life of God was removed from him. And he lived, I guess you could say he was a walking dead man. And that's when sin came into the world, flooded humanity. But Adam was the son of God. God's intention for humanity has always been that we would be sons and daughters of God. It was his intention in Adam. It was his intention in creation. Adam sinned and fell short of the glory of God. Sin came in the human race. We were disconnected from God. We have become slaves of sin. We have become slaves of the devil. We have become slaves of the world system. Lost, as I read in Ephesians, without God, filled with vanity of our thinking, separated from God, and separated from the life of God. That's what Adam brought into the world. But Jesus succeeded where Adam failed. Adam failed the test, the temptation, the trial. Jesus passed the test, the temptation, and trial. Jesus was put to death. Adam fell and died. Jesus, an innocent man, was put to death, was buried, and rose again so we could be reunited from the God that Adam disconnected us from God. Did Jesus succeed? Yes, he did. And now the original intent that we should be sons of God has been reenacted through Jesus. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Brian, I'm telling you right now, you're a son of God through Jesus. You can succeed on whatever God has put in your heart to do in life. You'll have trials, you'll have obstacles, you'll get smacked, things will happen. You make it in your flesh. You may have disappointments, but if you stick to what God has told you to do with your life, you're going to succeed in life, and you're going to pass through this life and go into glory, and you're going to live as a son, a child of God for eternity. And we do that through the Spirit of Jesus that's in us. It's not by might, and it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit. That's why Paul uh, doesn't encourage the people to walk under law to walk under the do's and don'ts. He encourages them all the time. He says, walk in the Spirit. Here in the Spirit, you're free. Here in the Spirit, you're like God. Here in the Spirit, you've been created, reborn as a new creation in the image of God again, where Adam disconnected you from God. You've been reconnected to God by the Spirit. Isn't that amazing? Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doesn't appear what we are, but what we're going to be, but we know that we're going to be like Him. So purify yourself. Purify yourself. Because we're going to be just like Jesus. Everything hasn't appeared what we're going to be. We don't see everything, what Paul says in Hebrews, but we see Jesus. So we keep our focus on Jesus, and we allow the Spirit to renew our minds more and more so we can experience the full measure of Christ in our life. And when we do, got one more verse, Brian, I'm going to move off of this. When we do, we'll be living more and more like Jesus. And this is a scripture I've gone to many times. I'm just going to tap it and go because I'll be spending more time there and I've already spent time there. But in John 14, verse 12, there's a lot in context. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have 
been doing. He says even greater. I'm not even going to go to the greater. Even greater works. Works almost always means miracles. Either greater things he will do. Okay, because I'm going to the Father. Just stick on. Whoever believes in me, he'll do the things that I am doing. Did he say just the 12 apostles? I'm asking you, believer. I'm not asking you what your pastor does again. I'm not asking you what you do. I'm asking you, what did Jesus say? Those that believe in him will do the same things that he did. Why don't we just run to this and revel in it and say, Lord, I want to. Teach me how. Disciple me. Rather than argue against it. I don't know. So, folks, we are now the sons, the children of God, and we're to be uh, transformed into the image and likeness of Christ. We'll just stop right there and we'll pick up next week.